from the heart of the campus, this is Ireland's best student radio station. This is DCU-FM. Good afternoon, you're listening to Oren M with Rachel Martin and Megan Conway. On today's show, we'll be discussing the Green Party's campaign to legalise cannabis, celebrities and drink driving, and the lack of political figures and invitations to the Royal Wedding. So, joining myself and Megan in studio today is Mihos Oskanal and Ian Mangan. Hello. Hello and welcome. Megan, what do you think of our last our last R and M of the whole year? It's going to be very much missed, I think. ECFM will have a hole in its heart next year. It definitely will. And I'm sure it'll be even bigger and better though with the new studio coming up that we unfortunately never got to see. But <laughs> not bitter at all. Bitter. Not salty, we <laughs> swear. Um but yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be a good one. But starting it off, uh, the Green Party has launched a campaign calling for the decriminalisation of the drug. What do we think about that, guys? It's some great puns to be made about that, that the Green Party are, uh, you know, campaigning for this kind of thing. Um, I think of all parties, uh, to bring it up, I mean, I think Green is kind of one that people aren't going to take very seriously. Let's be real, I don't even know how many seats they have in the doll at the moment. I think it's two. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's been talked about for a, a long time and you know there's a lot of pushback for against Simon Harris <laughs> uh, there was a lot of pushback against Simon Harris who tried to basically bring in um, medicinal use uh, of marijuana um, and cannabis before and that's even just cannabis products cannabis oils and that kind of thing I just don't think Irish people are ready for the legalization but then of when marijuana. you look at other countries here like Armstrong like obviously it's a, it's a city Netherlands it works really really well there do you think Ireland could potentially see a future like that? Do you think, well, we have to leave this kind of old traditional idea behind and move forward? Yeah, at some stage, but I think people in Ireland just have this very blurred view on, on, on dope and marijuana and that kind of thing. It's kind of like we're about 20, 30 years behind, and it's like if you watch old American PSAs about marijuana itself and cannabis, you know, they're really over the top. And I mean, kind of the jury's kind of out now about it. It's kind of not as damning as, uh, you know, the likes of class A drugs. Um, I think maybe one day it would work, but I just think you have an older generation that just wouldn't be okay with it. I think they have, you know, they'd be worried about, you know, young people, 16-year-olds and stuff getting their hands on mm -hmm. and that kind of thing. And I mean, 16-year-olds already use it across the country anyway. It's interesting that you say that, though, that Irish people aren't ready for, like, the products of cannabis, like cannabis oil and stuff, because uh, Vera Toomey won a, a, peop won a Person of the Year award last night for, and she, obviously she's famous for using cannabis oil on her child, Ava, who suffers from a syndrome that I can't pronounce. But, um, but it's interesting that you say that Irish people aren't ready for it, when obviously there's some, some subset of the community anyway that are obviously ready to move on with that and have awarded her for, for her use of it. Yeah, the party's proposing that people should be allowed to possess a small amount of the drug as well as the, uh, the introduction of Amsterdam-style Amsterdam cafes. So they're kind of hoping to bring in, like like Megan said, the kind of Amsterdam type. But I think if you say a small amount of the drug, that makes no difference because eventually it's just going to get bigger and bigger until it's just fully legalised. Yeah. So maybe that word has to kind of be focused on a bit more. Um, well, party spokesman, party spokesman Oliver Moore explained that ordinary people would be allowed to have up to five grams of cannabis in their possession um, or to use, and then people who needed it, like Ava, um, they would have to get it through doctor. So it would be a different process, and it would be a different way in in getting it. But um, 
it, it just would be kind of different in the way you actually get the cannabis um and it would have to be accessed through their doctors yeah i, I think as as well there's so many positives to it and the fact that you're you're cutting out a black market you know what i mean there's so much talk of you know all this you know kinahan and hutch feud and they are two very big drug uh, importers in ireland when as you know if you legalize this you know you're you're removing that that black market obviously other drugs can still be purchased on the streets but you know and then there's also other added benefit of taxation you know you can tax people for going into shops buying the product and i mean you throw so much money into the country and put some more money into hospitals and schools i just think i can't really see the government willing to have this conversation which is primarily filled with people over the age of 25. Do you think maybe um, pubs and like kind of alcohol companies and stuff will suffer if it's brought in? Um, I think so. Well, I personally don't smoke myself, but um, I, I do see some from some of my friends that they would, instead of going out, they, they'd smoke instead. But what I was going to ask is, do you think that it would encourage young people to smoke more? Like, I don't know if any of you, I know Ian, you've lived in a, in a country where it was legal. Like I know you didn't do it yourself over there, but did you find that people where where they had access to it, ready access to it, do you think they were more likely to use it then? It was funny because it was it was a much more casual thing, but and you still had your kind of stereo. This is this is Canada we're talking about, on Toronto more specifically, where and actually it wasn't actually legal. They passed the legislation to legalize it, but you know there still wasn't actual government enforcement there, and there was still you know they had these dispensaries which were operating you know outside of the law but yeah it was it was definitely very popular over there lots and lots of people i know smoked but it wasn't a big deal do you know what i mean and it wasn't the case of like people would all you know be constantly smoking every day of the week and they might you know smoke a joint before a par party or something like that and it definitely wasn't uh it definitely wasn't looked down on as well i mean i think you know i'd, I'd actually seen people smoking joints in front of police over there you see that in ireland too but i, I don't know i, I think it's for certain people too. I don't think everyone's going to go around and start lighting up joints just because it's legalized. I think people try it and think that's not for me. And I, I think a lot of people argue as well. It's a kind of a relaxation drug. They like to unwind. People use it for, to deter pain, whereas alcohol is kind of more sociable. And we have a huge thing in Ireland with linking, um, you know, social life and alcohol. You know, you go out to, to you don't you, you know you rarely drink on your own. It's kind of weird if you drink on your own unless you have a problem. Whereas, you know, you're going out to drink with your with your friends and um, that kind of thing. So I don't think that, you know, it would either discourage drinking. I think you'll just have a, a healthy mix of, of people who want to do either or thing. And I think it suits different people. You have an alternative because people will. Well, I mean, even though technically you still have that alternative now, it's just it's a, it's a legal alternative. So it probably would just turn into the. What would your guys say parents think of this happening in Ireland? I think our parents. I probably all grew up in the eighties, so I don't think they'd be that. If you were my grandparents, you'd be like, "No way!" You know, they grew up in that era too, like when it was probably a lot more a bigger deal. What's it like in, in like, say, a rural area? Oh, it, no, like it, it just wouldn't sit. I just know where people. It just wouldn't sit well with them. Um, it's completely different. You know, <laughs> they're still getting over drinking on it. Never mind, never <laughs> <laughs> mind drug like. And if you're bringing that, I think it's just, even though marijuana and cannabis and they have like way more, like they're way less health issues than drink. Like. Yeah, jury's still out about that. Yeah. I mean, there's, no, there's no real. But a lot, isn't it? More people actually die by consuming alcohol than actually. Yeah, then, yeah. 
Yeah, but I, I, mean, I do there's think... There's never been a recorded overdose. Yeah, but I do before. think when you when you say because it's a drug and it's illegal, it's like, <gasps> it's like cocaine, like, you know, even though it isn't that serious. It, does, it, does it kind of come back, though, to like, okay, the, there's this legislation is in place because we're trying to protect people and the government is trying to say, this is dangerous, don't do it. But you, is, is it fair to say that when the same does go for drinks, like it, for, for alcohol, so... If you drink an excessive amount of alcohol, that's dangerous. Should surely should we not leave people responsible for their own health, their own bodies, their own consumption, and say, okay, if you want to smoke your brains out all day every day, you're that's gonna your be a, it's well, your I choice. Mean, I think the jury's out on letting the government make people I have mean, their own decisions about their own bodies. That's what moment, I mean. So. I was thinking, I was literally thinking this the other day, the whole my body, my choice. But it goes for everything. Like you can't, can you legalize? If if it, if you're allowed to have the choice of whether you want to be an alcoholic, surely you should have the choice of whether you want to be. A but when you're consuming, like it's different. That whole, whole whole other debate, like that's an individual. That is, that's a moral. When yeah, you're that's different. Consuming an alcohol or a drug, like you actually do have the potential to affect other people with your actions. It's hard to lump in, and everyone always lumps in cannabis with alcohol when they are two completely different things. You know what I mean? Like I, I, there's a lot of recorded evidence of violent crime and, and violence with, with alcohol and I mean but surely it's worse I mean if you put cannabis. someone who's stoned in front of you and someone who, who's drunk in front of you it's they're two completely different people so I yeah. really don't understand but lots of people do that they compare they compare the two of them and say well people drink so much and they abuse alcohol I think another problem in Ireland is we, we are a culture of abuse we, we abuse everything we do we abuse alcohol so I think you know there is definitely the idea of you know cannabis abuse in Ireland and there will be, always be those few people who abuse it and I mean but I guess as well there's not enough study I think put into the dangers of cannabis uh, and that kind of thing and so we don't really know the long-term effects. I guess we'll leave it there we're on to music now on DCFM. From the heart of the campus this is Ireland's best student radio station this is DCU FM. So welcome back to DCU FM. You are listening to Rach and Meg's Mix. So now we're going to talk about the Ange McPartland scandal at the moment. So TV presenter Ange McPartland, form, well, formerly known, but more well known as one of the Ant and Deck duo, um, was arrested for drink driving recently. And today he had his uh, sentence in court and he was fined £86,000 for drink driving. And he came out after and he said that he was ashamed and mortified after crashing his car while drink driving with his mother in the passenger seat. So obviously this is a massive fine for drink driving and for someone to have to come out of a court and be met with the media and make a statement is a bit unusual for normal people. So Ian, I'm going to throw to you first. Do you think kind of public figures nearly have to kind of explain themselves more or get more of a harder doing when it comes to criminal records and that kind of thing? I think from just a, a PR stance, they just don't have a choice. It's not a case where we need to expect it from everybody, but if he didn't come out and say something, he's going to get a lot of bad press. So this is just damage control, and it's not a case of where, you know, the court goes, well, because you're a public figure, you better go out and make a public figure. You know, this isn't a legal thing. This is just him controlling his reputation. He's clearly fallen on hard times, and he, and he probably wants to pursue TV again and again in the near future, yeah. so he's going to have to reduce the damage as much as he can. In terms of the fine... It was excessive, but I can understand where the court are coming from, where they're going, well, we might as well get a large chunk off somebody who can afford it. Um, yeah. So is that right, well. though? Yeah. Is yeah, that I, right? I just saw on the, like, the information website for the, for the, like, in UK law, the maximum fine is supposed to be £2,500 
So okay, I don't yeah. understand how, like, how legally he could have been fined that much. Well, it's important to note that, kind of going on that as well, how this may be kind of unfair. The judge said to him today um, that I think it will have quite an impact on you to know that you are no longer a man of good character, but you carry a criminal record. Is that fair? I, I don't think it is. <sighs> Especially as well, he's done a stint in rehab. He has addressed, come out in the public and addressed his own issues and his own kind of addiction issues. Yeah. And for a judge to say that, is that kind of just... But, but you know, I, de- I definitely agree with you. In whatever about saying, questioning someone's character, but the him coming out and saying, making the public apology, that is definitely damage control because as a media person, as somebody who's in the public eye and as someone who the whole branding of Anton Deck, like that is a brand and he has to protect that brand in a way that he's seen that his character is in question that he's saying I apologise he's admitting what he's done was wrong and it's as much of branding as anything else that he's actually coming out and saying look I'm sorry um, and that is important because there's a whole wider debate and a whole wider issue of drink driving here and it isn't okay we can't excuse what he did either so I think it is very important that he has come out no matter who he is whether he's a, a Anton Deck, whether he's Joe Bloggs like to come out and say look I'm sorry I could have killed somebody um, the people in that other car actually have come out and said I we, I thought my entire family was going to die like I thought everyone in the car was going to die that kind of does go to show victim impact statements can yeah it, could, it really. can be that as well like there is a wider issue here I mean yes he is a celebrity yes he is important yes he has played, played a huge fine but um, car drink driving is a serious thing and I feel like they might be making an example of him because he is such a well known person and because he, everybody knows every, maybe people would think because he's a celebrity he'll get off a little bit lighter but he won't well, he hasn't he's gone off worse his than his weekly wage would be about 130,000 euro yeah, or 30,000 pounds a week like, it's like working Monday to Wednesday <laughs> it's, not, it's not that big yeah but then again he has rent to pay he probably has numerous, like, do you know what I mean? But that money might actually make an impact on him, especially as well because he has to stand down from all his presenting duties. But he and still has 50 grand that week, le- just from <laughs> that week. But look at it like this. Where is he living? But he, he's not presenting anymore. <laughs> he's paying rehab. He's paying for rehab facilities. Like, do you know, he has an awful lot of costs coming his way. And, like, it, I hate to say it, but he's probably not going to get too many presenting gigs in the future because of this. I think it's, it's, it's kind of just a. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for it's just relevant to your your kind of income you know I, I think obviously if you're a low income earner they'll probably take that into account well, I'm not sure how the law works but I mean like, let's be real here I mean I can't really sit around and worry about Aunt McPartland's you know money woes do you know what I mean when there's people who really are scraping by every week and you know you're saying you know he, he might not get too many TV gigs I highly doubt that you know he'll do his, his while he'll try and get himself sorted out and he'll be back with with deck in no time you know and i can't see simon cowell saying no that's you done because you you know you, you're a bit of an alcoholic you'll have this huge comeback and yeah it, you know what i mean it's, i, I also feel know she had to pay 255 pounds in costs as well so it's not just eighty six thousand pounds regardless of the regardless of the cost you know, like i agree to i'd say if anything this is going to be a turnaround for him this is going to be him as a as a role model for people who get out of drink driving, who get, or not drink driving, who get out of um, alcohol abuse and substance abuse and turn their life around. And he is going to make a comeback because you have to get, you have to hit rock bottom before you can go back up again and say, look how well I've done after this. So I feel like, okay. But that's well and good. But can courts and can he be made an example of like that just because he is who he is? Mm, I don't, not, I don't think that's it's, fair. It's not right, but it's, it's, 
it's like he's a think. citizen. It's probably not right in his case, but I think if they made an example of some little teenager who was pissed off his head driving down the road and he was a posh boy, you guys wouldn't care. You'd say, yeah, make an example of him. He's this little idiot who's driving around and putting people's dangerous yeah, people's lives in danger. Whereas, you know, oh God, poor Auntie's such a nice guy. He just made a mistake. You know, he would like him on TV. I mean, who cares if we make an example of him? Yeah. People will get over it. He's he's getting a bit he's getting a bit of sympathy because of his whole rehab thing, but like fool him on twice kind of thing. Should he not have had a bit more cop on and said right? No, this incident happened when no, I before. Was going on. Okay, yeah, okay. Oh, well, I, just I wasn't the, aware the, of that. The it's just the okay. okay. Well, in that case. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave it there. So. Yeah, so it happened when, and I suppose the judge um, did kind of say that, oh, it's unfortunate that it was a brief relapse that this happened. But then, like, you know, his mother was in the car. Maybe, I don't think he intended to. She got in? Did she, like, that's, that's what I'm wondering. Like, if, my, if I was drunk, my mother would not get into the car with me. Like, she would kill me before she'd even let me turn the keys and start the ignition. Like, that's what I'm kind of thinking is a bit weird about the whole thing. But, um... Yeah, regardless of it, look, I think you have to look at the whole thing and say, no matter who he is, no matter where he is or whatever, drink driving isn't acceptable. And whether it's him being made an example of or somebody else, it is a wider issue. Welcome back to R&M with Rachel and Megan. So the lack of political figures invited to the royal wedding is the next topic of discussion here on the show. Guys, what do we think about this? Uh, Every year... um, you know, Theresa May isn't invited, Trump isn't invited. Every year the British Prime Minister is invited to, well, not every every year they have a royal wedding, obviously. There is, the uh, British Prime Minister is invited. So what is going on here that they haven't done it? Do you think there's a reason for it? Do you think it's just the new kind of royals, the modern idea of it? Well, I look look at who the British Prime Minister and the, and the President of the United States are, like Theresa May and Donald Trump. Would you want either of those at your wedding, like, in fairness? <laughs> It's a good point. So you think it's a personal thing rather than a, well, a think, point? Um, when it comes to the Royal Wedding, I, I don't think they really get the choice on who's invited. I think it's kind of done for them. I wonder, is it? Well, well, I know a lot of her family weren't invited. Apparently she has a load of cousins that she wanted to invite and Theresa May just didn't quite make the list because they just had to cut some of the guests. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Theresa, you were so close. The hotel could well, only cater for I think it's kind of a... Do you think there's a new kind of royal family coming? Uh, yeah, fresh, yeah, casual. Yeah, maybe. You don't get yeah. In yeah, I think they just. To be honest, I think a huge part of it was just save themselves the hassle. Yeah. You know, and this is going to be press printed about it if they invite Theresa May, but they don't invite Donald Trump, or you know, say they go, oh, we're not inviting any English politicians, but Donald Trump's more than welcome to come over. And then you know, if you, if you invite Donald Trump, you open that whole thing about he hasn't even visited England yet. Yeah. And so imagine the first time he visits England is for this this royal wedding. Um, I don't think it's a big deal. I really, really don't. Uh, when was the last royal wedding? How many years ago? Five years ago? Who was, the, who was the PM at the time? Was it David Cameron? David Cameron. Okay, so he goes. Ugh, big whoop. And I think... Maybe, right now, maybe, historically, the Prime Minister would be very close with the royal family. Yeah, historically. I think it was just kind of like, at that point, it was like, okay, well, we're still going to invite David Cameron. But I think it was coming near the end. I mean... But is, this, is this a move away where the Crown and, like politics and the crown are kind of separating a little bit because like Megan said historically it was separate Have, has anyone actually seen the crown on Netflix I know it's not completely accurate but it is you can see if, if anyone who has watched it has seen how how tight knit government and 
they, because you because know, the monarchy was the government, you know, yeah, in England for, yeah. for so many years. And I understand that Churchill had a good relationship with King George, I believe. I think they, yeah. you know, they, they knew each other quite yeah. well. And, and obviously friends. Churchill was going to go mm -hmm. to any sort of royal wedding because, you know, he is kind of seen as a national treasure in England, uh, despite what he kind of like was like as a person. But, he, you know, he, he got England out of the war and, he, you know, a lot of people say that, you know, England owes the Second World War to that man, whereas treason may... <laughs> I think as well the current government are doing an awful lot to pull power, resources, income, everything from... Um, the royal family, which I don't know if there's a bit of hostility over that, but I think anyway, there's certainly probably a little bit of resentment and definitely not as much love between government and monarchy as there once was. Well, it's important to note as well, a lot of her family weren't invited. So who's making this decision? Do you know what I'm saying? So like her half-sisters and her half-brothers, none of them were invited really? to the wedding. Yeah, they all shared the same father and they weren't invited to the wedding. Her childhood best friend of 30 years not invited to the wedding and they all came out and they were like why why and then if the politicians aren't invited who's going but do you know what's what else is kind of an interesting though megan was divorced yeah so years ago their marriage wouldn't have even been allowed well that's yeah that's why you know king george you know took the crown then yeah exactly and um as well elizabeth's sister wants to marry um what was his name prince philip no, Peter was it Peter, uh, and she wasn't allowed. She she had asked permission because she you have to get the monarch's permission. So she had asked Elizabeth permission, and uh, I mean, okay, I don't I'm not sure how exactly accurate this is, but apparently, as much as she wanted to give the permission, she couldn't because it went against the crown, and she was the monarch well, first and the no, sister second. No, I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure how historically accurate that is, but I do know that it's very. It is completely true that she wanted to marry. Um, Peter, but he was divorced, so she couldn't. No, it's a bit he rich. wasn't actually divorced, but she had an affair with him. She had an affair with him, but then he got divorced and she wanted to marry him. Yeah. It's a bit rich, though, <laughs> considering the whole, like, Protestant faith was built around King Henry VIII. Wanting yeah, with to divorce. Be able to I know, like, it's it is a really Church ironic. England, like, that kind of thing. Yeah. I, I think, I guess my biggest problem is who the hell cares? Why do people yeah. care about this kind Why of thing? What do they do? But you can't deny the royal wedding is going to be the biggest event of the year. Ah, oh, come on. It is. The All-Ireland final. <laughs> <laughs> it is. <laughs> what is it about? Yeah. <laughs> He's like uh, nodding silently over there. It is. It's one of the biggest events of the year. Do you think I, so? I, I can't see what... Definitely, I just can't... Definitely. I can't get the appeal. I just don't understand it. And I mean, I remember the last row wedding. You know, there was... Um, what's her name? Middleton... Uh, Kate, Kate, Kate Middleton. Oh, Pippa. Absolutely stunning girl and like, clearly a very intelligent woman. And they kept referring to her as a commoner. They were going, <laughs> we're going a royal, you know, oh, a royal is marrying a commoner. And I was going, what? Is that how we talk about people because they're royals? I mean, and she's not a commoner. Either. Not at all. She's she's what would we be referring yeah. to? <laughs> Plebs, I assume. Yeah. <laughs> but she's still only the Duchess of Cambridge. Like, she's not a princess. And she she can never be Who cares? I know, but like, what okay, the hell is the Duchess of Cambridge? Well, I but like, now, if I sacrificed my entire life to marry one Duchess, I, I want to be a princess. I'm sorry, I grew up watching <laughs> Disney movies, and if you married a prince, you became a princess or whatever. That, like, uh, well, actually, you're not meant to work. Cinderella was a princess and she was a commoner. So, you can't to that. in fairness, <laughs> Prince Harry, the only thing I will say about him is he does seem like a bit of crack. Yeah. Oh, I don't think he buys yeah. into the whole royal family. No, no I think much he's as he fairly rejected. Yeah. He, well, he is that rebellious streak in the royal family. Yeah. Yeah. I can kind of see what his appeal. But you can see that with William as well, like the way he literally has taken his kids about out of the spotlight. We've only seen the kids like five or six times ever. It's a bit like his hair. <laughs> <laughs> 
now we can't make comments like that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just think they're a novelty and everyone's obsessed with them and wants to kind of jump on that bandwagon. And is it May 25th? Will you watch it? Will you watch it? Yeah, start to finish. Oh, what? I mean, that thing must go on for hours. Yeah, it does. I don't know if I watched the whole thing, but you know what I found really weird the last time is how obsessed Americans are with it. Now, that yeah. was before it was yeah. ever even, like, Meghan Markle is American. But yeah. before even with Prince Harry and Kate, like, E! News were extensively covering this. Yeah. And like, the royal wedding. Blah, blah. And I'm like, and that's ironic, too, because they their whole country was founded on, you know... Yeah. A revolution against yeah. the king and the monarchy, yeah. they, and they set up a government yeah, for the, the July. Yeah. <laughs> America. But they were they were obsessed with it, and like now it's even more the fact that well, he's I actually American. And I don't think the Americans are sitting in their editorial meeting being like, "Our country was founded on hazing. We're not celebrating <laughs> the royal wedding." No, but it's just I, I, the the general idea that I seem to get, or the general impression I get, is that American people love the royals. Yeah, like I don't know that could be a generalization, a but it seems but to I me. I think it's uh, like. I remember the last word I'd like, obviously the Brits love it, but like, what's the big kind of avenue you go down to Buckingham Palace? Um, what's it called? I know what you're referring to. I, I, I don't know. No, no one knows what it's called. It's some big long avenue. That was just full of people. And like, it was like St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's over the top. Yeah, it's over the top. And they get yeah. to see them for like 30 seconds. I just, I just, it's something I totally am into. I cannot, I never got the appeal. I never understood. Like, imagine watching, like, people who sit around and watch, like, the, the Queen's address and uh, her message, her Christmas message. Okay, oh, that's God. different. I think the Queen's very boring. Ah, uh, yeah. uh, give her a bit of credit. She's 80, what? 80. <laughs> yeah, she knows yeah. nothing, though. She was never full. I know, but, like, how boring <laughs> will you be? <laughs> well, she was never full. And Meghan, Meghan Markle, though. Meghan Markle's a bit of fun. <laughs> she was in suits, so that, yeah, I guess like they, they're they're more celebrities now. They, they've definitely moved into that, and so I think they're they're going to become these mass celebrity weddings that win a bit more money. And I think why would you invite the PM to your celebrity wedding? Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. Leaving it on that hot topic. Um, but this has been Orin and Smith, and it's the last one ever. Oh. The last. Pity we couldn't get booked. 2015. <laughs> <laughs> 2015 to 2018. We. Say goodbye now. <laughs> really? Is this going three years and I got to be on the last show? Yeah. Yeah. That's madness. Good for you. What an honor. Thank you guys. Thanks, All right, Bye. <laughs> bye. Bye. bye.